Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and Happy New Year, and I'm with my mom. Hey, Vin, Happy New Year! Yep, that's what we're going to be talking about is everything that's been going on in 2023. Yeah, we're going to do a wrap, a 2023 wrap, look back. Okay. So we're going to start with what I think was one of the most notable things was one of the top stories of 2023, in my view, was the House of Representatives in the United States. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were telling me some facts here. Uh, How many bills did they pass? 27 bills were passed and signed into law by the president. Okay. And what's, like, kind of normal? Last year, it was, like, 350. And in, like, 2010, when the last time we had, like, divided government under Obama was, like, 290. (laughs) This time, we've only passed 27. That's, like... It's kind of a difference. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not really good at math, but I, I definitely know that that's a big difference. A very, 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 very sharp drop off. <laughs> and I was asking you, like, what were the bills they passed? Well, there are a few of them. One was obviously the debt ceiling suspension agreement. Yeah, that's that's good news. Yeah, we didn't default at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the continuing resolutions to, you know, fund the government. Right, no budget, but we CR'd it out. Exactly. And which is kind of embarrassing, but... Better than a shutdown. Right. The use. And also another thing was it wasn't much other than, say, the only significant piece of legislation other than that was overturning the D.C. crime law. Oh, right. That was that was accused to be too lenient on, like, criminal offenses and sentencing. So they decided to overturn it. Congress did because they have authority over D.C. laws, actually. Yeah. So th- that's really the only Congress only has kind of. Authority over D.C., right? Yeah, they can't overturn Arizona state law if they don't like it, for instance. Or California state law. They can't really do that. It's almost like, if you can't do it for other places, why are you sticking your nose in? Well, it's because D.C. is not technically a state under federal law, so that's why. Yeah, yeah. So their legislature doesn't really count, essentially. That's a bummer. But one thing that, but other than those laws... All it was was just renaming the names of veterans' affairs clinics and, like, post offices, all pretty and commemorative coins to, like, celebrate the U.S. Marine Corps, like, pretty much nothing um, specific that was substantive. So do we have a new Trump post office? Nope, thankfully. Okay, that's good. (laughs) That would probably not get through the Senate. That's true, that's true. (laughs) Anyway, um... Speaking of Trump, you just brought um, no. Let's move on to the motion to vacate first. Actually, oh, okay, yeah, okay. So, so Congress is, a, uh, we get it. It's kind of a, a circus. Yes, and in twenty twenty three of October, right before, right after a bipartisan continuing resolution passed, and McCarthy gave to the Democrats, Matt Gates filed a motion to vacate the chair, essentially kick the speaker out of his job. After going through 15 rounds, McCarthy only had the job for like nine months, the second shortest speakership in American history. (laughs) Uh, I just feel so sorry for McCarthy. I don't. It just hurts my feelings. I don't. He'll be fine in Bakersfield. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I mean, that's significant. Um, They've got some trouble over there. Yeah, eight Republicans joined Democrats who refused to save McCarthy, and essentially McCarthy was booted from his job, and then McHenry became the speaker for like three weeks, and then they finally settled on Mike Johnson. (laughs) And and we think they won on Mike Johnson because he's a nobody. Yes, even though he's actually pretty conservative and actually even more so than McCarthy, but People didn't really care about that because he had probably like the most generic name of any congressional leader within the past 25 years. Right, right. All right. Well, good for them. Yes. Yeah, at least they got somebody in charge. 
Exactly. Even if that person is, I don't know, has a bunch of extreme views. Yeah, he does, right? Yeah. Yeah, like his views on like gay marriage and stuff like that, for instance. Yeah, we're just booted way back to the Stone Age. Yeah, that was in 2005, where there's some writings about that that were uncovered that were controversial. Oh, that he wrote? Yeah. Okay. When he was serving in the Louisiana legislature at that time. Oh, jeez. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Trump is in a lot of legal peril, but we'll see how that Supreme Court case goes. And the trials, well, a lot of the trials will be starting, I think, in 2024, but we'll see. They may or may not be delayed. It's sort of gray on that, right? Yeah, um... I get my hopes up, but I try not to. Right. I mean, it looks interesting. I do I do like that, it, you know, and it just depends on what judge is doing what, right, it seems like. But yes. um, I know Jack Smith wants to move these cases quickly. Yeah, I know. He, he tried to take one to the Supreme Court. Like, let's just stop this, uh, the slow boat. And let's go, you know, straight for the jugular. And the Supreme Court was like, no, thanks. You you got to go through the process. So. Yes. We'll see whether or not when any of these trials are before or after the election, the n- November election. Mm-hmm. That's a 50-50 chance at best, I think. And there, uh, some states are kicking them off the ballot. Yes. So that's, that. the Supreme Court is going to have to take that up. Yeah, Colorado and Maine did it, I believe. Those are the only two states so far. Yeah, but I, didn't I see, like, Georgia wants to try? Or... No, I think it was Michigan want, is considering. Oh, Michigan. Mich- Michigan's considering it, but it hasn't gone through that yet. The Secretary of State said that she didn't have the authority to do that unilaterally, that that's something the courts will have to go through, of course. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Okay, yeah. So uh, there's no getting away from him, unfortunately. I, I would love to just not know any more about Trump. I know. Unfortunately, we're going to have to endure a few months of him he could he's a 50 he's a coin flip away from the presidency though uh i know i know um meanwhile um another person facing legal battles is president biden's son hunter of course yes yes uh did they uncover the laptop yeah that's a different situation i think that's that's supposedly like they were using that as evidence against him but so far i don't think there's been any court cases involved in that the two court cases that are most interesting are the gun charge of course and the uh tax charges yeah okay so the gun charge uh remind me what that was he purchased a firearm when he was a drug user which you're not allowed to do under federal law and he lied on a form um swearing under oath that hunter biden did not use drugs in 2018 even though he wrote in a book that he was in fact addicted to cocaine in 2018 while purchasing a firearm anyway okay well they got him good job and the thing is, those charges are pretty rarely prosecuted. Those gun charges on drug user things, they're only usually prosecuted unless if they're brought in with a larger gun crime, even though that gun was not used in any shooting and was only in possession for like two weeks. Oh, really? What did he do with that after two weeks? I think like his, I think his wife like threw it away because he was worried he might commit suicide or something like that. Oh, that's, that's... N- that's sad. Yeah, he's had a pretty troubled life and he's had, you know, drug problems and stuff like that. It doesn't excuse him from the law, but it also means that, you know, he's had, he's made some questionable decisions in large part because of his drug problems. Yeah. I mean, these, um, they, that family had gone through a lot. Yes. You know? And I think like he lost one of his sons when he was younger or something like, 
like that. And then he lost a brother, right? Yeah, he lost a brother, so, yep. And then his mom, I think, right? Yeah, ever since Bo died, I think he relied on Bo and t- um, to help with his drug problems, but once he died in 2015, he sort of went on a downward spiral. Yeah. He's, yeah. Got, he's recovered now, but in, like, 2018, 2019, that was pretty tough for him. Of course, I have some sympathy for him, but it doesn't mean he should be excused from the law in any sense, though, either. Yeah, it's just, it just, it feels kind of like, just let it go. That was a long time ago. And I just I do feel like it's pretty disgusting about how people are taking someone's misfortune to use it as political advantages, though. I know. Yeah, they the Republicans seem to fail to recognize that Hunter isn't running for office or in office. No, he's not. He's made some questionable decisions. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the he's not the president of the United States. Right. Right. Another thing is he was also indicted on, I think, like, failing to pay taxes for a few years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, is it, like, around the same time, like, stemming from his drug use? Yes. This time it was a case brought in Los Angeles, yep, that he failed to pay federal income taxes or something like that. Just, I mean, fine, you know, like, pay it. But, like, obviously from a certain point in time, he was going through some stuff. Yes. I still don't think that should excuse him from the law, though. No, of course not. But it's like not, it needs to be not political. Of course not. This should be treated apolitically, which unfortunately I don't think it has been treated as apolitically as it should. Because if this was your neighbor, for instance, I doubt this would get much media attention, for instance. Right. If this was the, the only reason why this is getting media attention is because of him being the son of the president of the United States. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Yep. Meanwhile, in 2023, I think this is more positive news, was all the labor disputes in 2023. Yeah, let's tick off some. So there is the screen actor strike that lasted like 100 days. Eventually they reached a deal, but it lasted about 100 days. Yeah, that was a big one. I'm looking forward to watching some better shows. There's nothing on TV. They've returned since then. But yeah, but I think they're just starting to kind of... Slowly, you have to, it takes a, f- a little bit of a while to bring on production. Yeah, or, or kind of... Pick up where they left off. Yeah, all that stuff. And I think also for about 100 days, the the writers went on strike as well. Yeah. The, the Hollywood writers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that was driven by the fears that AI could take over their jobs, of course. Yeah, exactly. You know, ChatGPT could just write a strip, script for them and they'll be out of a job. Yeah, sure. Do it up. And 2023, there was also the United Auto Workers strike. They tried to roll back some of the concessions they made during the 2008, like, recession and they said oh things are better now so why don't we get increased pay and they got a lot of what they wanted with that great good that lasted only about a month um was the united auto workers strike Mm, okay all right people were worried it could last a lot longer and like disrupt you know like car parts and like car repairs but it didn't last long enough to make that much of an impact well great good for them Yep, and there was also, there was a threat to strike from the UPS workers, but they reached like a last minute deal, and there was a threat to strike from the hotel workers in Las Vegas right before Formula One, but they also reached a last minute deal. Great, great. I mean, it's sad that people have to strike in order to, you know, get a livable wage, but It's good that people are exercising the power that they do have under, they have a right to do so. Yep, that's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, we'll move on to 2024. So we're going to start with Congress. Okay, so that was the wrap-up. Yeah. Congress is a shit show. And it's... Trump has got troubles. Hunter Biden's got troubles. And there were a bunch of labor strikes. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of like your wrap-up of 2023. Yes. Okay. 
Meanwhile, 2024, Congress is going to be facing down what appears to be a pretty brutal January, is that um, the government will shut down on January 19th because, you know, the CR expires. Only about half the government will shut down on January 19th. Oh, only half. Okay. But still some federal Yeah, because they, they did some CR where it's like a two-parter or something. Yeah, like for – it's a two-deadline situation <laughs> like where in January part of the government shuts down. Well, in February all the government shuts down, for ah, instance. That's nice. Like a two-prong approach. Yeah, I don't think it makes much sense. It just makes it more complicated and more drama, it makes which it more, they love. It's just a bunch of drama whores. It makes it more complicated than it needs to be, and I don't really see much of an upside to it, but okay, fine. Um, yeah, okay, fine. The thing is, though, that Congress, yeah, they have to figure out a deal on the government shutdown situation, and, and they, better, they better figure out a full spending plan by April, because if they don't figure out a full spending plan by April an automatic, like, cut to the military is made, and they want to avoid cuts to the military, of course. Okay, and this is going to be a little tougher than it was in 2023. Yes. Because... Republicans only have a two-seat majority, so they have less leverage than they do with negotiations with the Senate and the ha- in the White House, of course. So in 2023, they lost two seats, sort of. Yeah, because, you know, McCarthy resigned and Santos was kicked out and will most likely be replaced by a Democrat. So, so yeah. there's two open seats, McCarthy and Santos, and they haven't filled them. Yes. And so those are two Republicans. They had a four-seat majority, and now it's a down to a two-seat. So this, do you think it's going to be a, a better Congress or a worse Congress? I'm not sure. It's difficult to say, but my expectations are pretty low, to say the least. <laughs> Another thing is, of course, Ukraine aid. Republicans have been saying that they won't accept any Ukraine aid unless if they get immigration restrictions, which, of course, an issue that has hobbled Congress for decades. Yeah, I mean, they have immigration restrictions. I mean, it is in it is restricted yeah, uh, to a certain extent, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they Biden didn't do anything to make it e- the path any easier. Like, it's all still Trump type of immigration stuff like if you want to come in for amnesty you have to prove that you were like in another country and you tried and you had a fear of persecution a credible fear of persecution yeah yes yeah, so you have to prove that someone's trying to kill you oh hi how, how are you going to do that like you see that guy over there with that gun he wants to try to kill me of course they don't have that the problem is that they have such a huge backlog of cases because our immigration court system is so badly underfunded right oh but you know just keep cutting it i mean i don't know i just they want to make it more hard. They want to make it more difficult for people to seek asylum, I think. And they also want to institute a policy of which where people who are seeking asylum will be forced back to their home countries while they await court hearings. Yes, just let them get murdered while they're waiting. For a court hearing that can take like a decade. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. The thing is, though, I think that and hopefully, you know, this is sort of like the debt ceiling is where they won't accept something unless if they get something out of it, you know. It's not just a procedural thing that in normal pose cases would have bipartisan support like Ukraine or either the debt ceiling is. This is sort of like, A, you have to no, we're gonna use this as leverage so we get our policy priorities for, you know, campaigning reasons. Yeah, exactly. I think it's somewhat silly. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the motto of the Congress. What yeah. do you call it? The 119th Congress? 118th. 118th Congress. And they're uh, somewhat silly. Yes, to say the least. <laughs> you know, hopefully we have more serious people who are committed to solving problems. But instead of, you know, using basic things like the debt ceiling and Ukraine aid for 
partisan reasons, essentially. Hopefully, negotiations on immigration restrictions are ongoing. They say they have made progress, though I'm sort of doubtful at the same time, because there is a statement by Senator John Cornyn of Texas, and he said, this is not a negotiation. This is simply like a take-it-or-leave-it demand, he said. Wow. So, of course, that doesn't work in divided government. I think he knows that, but I think he just wants to kill Ukraine so he can blame the loss on the war on, like, Biden or something like that. Who was the one that was, like, withholding aid for the military? The military promotions, you mean? Yeah, yeah. He finally dropped it. It was Tommy Tuberville. Oh, yeah, Tuberville. He was doing it over the Pentagon's, like, abortion policy or something, like allowing service members to take time off if they travel to a state from where abortion is banned to seek an abortion in another state. They would allow to take temporary time off of their service. There was a Pentagon policy, and he was upset about it, and he tried to get it to drop by withholding all nominations until that happened, but he never achieved his goal. And eventually the public pressure was just so intense because for obvious reasons it was just risking national security, so he eventually just dropped it and achieved nothing. Well, good for him. Yeah, that was the same guy who said that the three branches of government were the House, the Senate, the executive, so he can't even really name the three branches of government. I know, he's your favorite. <laughs> him mean, and, uh, well, Santos, I mean, he's gone now. You don't have to tell me the latest Santos story. Yeah, that was when he got elected. Yeah, another thing is he said that he... Tommy Tuberville said that he could use the Drickinson Senate office for fundraising, except there's a law called the Hatch Act that prohibits people from fundraising out of a federal building for campaign purposes. Lash, ma. So, yeah, he doesn't know campaign finance law, and he doesn't know the three branches of government, which I learned in, like, the third grade first. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Meanwhile, at the state level, Arizona, you know, we have a divided legislature. Yes, we do. And what's the... What's the majority there by? Like one seat? It's like a two-seat majority in both houses, but a Democratic governor, of course. Yeah. Okay, so there's a two-seat in the House and there's a two-seat in the Senate? Yes. Okay. Another thing, though, is that Arizona's facing a budget shortfall. It was estimated to be $400 million like late last year, but it appears like it's going to be closer to at the low end, $600 million, at the high end, about $1 billion. So we're probably going to face a budget shortfall of about $800 million, if I have to guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. This is something that... Uh, I've been obsessing about. Yeah. So for the people that are listening, Vin uh, waits for the... Like the monthly tax... Monthly tax revenue <laughs> numbers every month. When? So when's the next one coming out? The 20th. The 20th of every month is when they're Oh, the 20th of every month. Okay, yeah. And then on the 20th, he's just kind of like pacing around the house waiting for it to come out because you don't know what time or whatever. And then he fills all his spreadsheets and tells me how far behind uh, we are in revenue. Well, we the state is in behind in revenue. Yeah, the state of Arizona. Particularly... You know, sales tax has seen slight growth of about 4 to 5% over a year. And same with corporate tax has seen about slight growth, 4 to 5%, which is about what you would normally expect in a normal economic time would be slight growth like that. But, but individual income tax collections for the state, you know, that's where the real trouble is. That makes up about a third of our state revenue. But income tax collections have fallen by like $2 billion or about 40%. So we're just going to run in a deficit and that's okay because there's – a rainy day fund. Sur- a surplus. We have a rainy day fund, but the deficit that surplus has been turned into a deficit, though, and also the ESA situation as well. What um? What is the um? 
What is the, how much is in the rainy, rainy day fund? About $1.5 billion. Okay, so we'll just eat that this year. Yeah, we'll probably eat about half of it this year. Okay. So we'll be less prepared in the case of a recession, which will probably happen every 10 years or so. And so then they can run on this budget for basically two years, you for, think? For a year, yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, exactly. Before somebody needs to do something. Yes, before we either have to borrow money or we have to cut significantly or we have to do something like that. Yeah, we'll just cut, um, what do they call it? Entitlements. N- that's different at the state level versus Oh, okay. What would, what would you have to cut? Things like access, the Medicaid program, also things like colleges, public schools, stuff like that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Prisons, um, state troopers, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Pensions. Okay. okay. Oh, pensions. There you go. Yeah, cut those too. Another thing, though, is that we're repeating the mistakes of a state that already tried this when they slashed income tax rates. Kansas, we've, we're repeating the mistakes of what Kansas did. Yeah, I know. You talk about Kansas. When, what year was that, though? It was a long time ago. 2013 between 2017. They actually reversed the tax cuts because they were draining revenue so bad, they actually overrid the governor's veto. Okay. Was it, was it worse than what's happening in Arizona? Like, they didn't have a surplus already day fund? They had a surplus, but only of about like $200 million to start with. And they didn't have, you know, the COVID aid. So we're in a little bit better of a position than they did. But if you look at the numbers, we've cut about the same, if not maybe even slightly more than what Kansas did in terms of their state revenues. Okay, well, uh, this is going to be something that Arizona is going to have to face at some point. Yeah, in Kansas, they had GDP growth slower than a nation, job growth slower than a nation. They also had to cut schools. They had to go to four-day school weeks because they couldn't do, afford to do five-day school weeks. They had to delay road construction projects. They had three credit rating downgrades, and they raised sales taxes, and they borrowed money, yet it still wasn't enough. What... Um when does the credit rating stuff come out? Like, are we going to have a credit rating problem? Is Arizona going to have a credit rating problem? We'll see. I think that's not like till the end of the year. I think we won't see that until like 2024 or 2025. So some of these effects probably won't be felt until the two to three years later. And of course, Ducey could do all these tax cuts because he wouldn't have to face the political fallout of it. Yeah, they're just like a Democrat's in charge and it's not and uh, we're not getting any revenue like we did. See, I told you they're the worst. Exactly, except you just didn't know it's just because your policies were delayed until the next governor takes office. Right, yeah. People, uh, I don't know, only think the, the first reason, not the third or fourth reason. Yes, and meanwhile, we are talking about, um, I mean, elections. What's what's your expectation for 2024? And Arizona is obviously going to be a swing state. Um, are we talking locally or are we talking like, We'll the talk presidency. Both. We'll talk. Let's start with the state legislature because Republicans only have a two seat majority. Oh, man. It would be a dream come true if we flipped it. And we could have a trifecta. Oh, man. We'd be like Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, for instance, just uh, like that. I don't know if we're going to do it, though. Do you think it's possible? It's possible, but it's not easy. Yeah. Well, we're used to not easy. Exactly. But I think it's possible. Okay. I like possible. Yes. I think it's an achievable goal. Okay. Okay. And then. Um, like the presidency? Arizona's going to be close. Then nationally, I think it's going to be very close. I said it's about a coin flip. Yeah, you said coin flip. I'm, I'm very, very strong about that. We kicked Trump, Trump's ass once and we can do it again. I'm putting it out there. We're going only getting good energy. Yes. It's Biden. Biden's the best. Everybody else, shut up. We're going on. We're on the Biden train. Biden's going to win. We're go- we're doing this. That's it. 
Hopefully. But- we we beat him once. We beat him again. Remember Ohio? Yes. And okay. we're like, fine. Bring it on. You want to run again? We'll, we'll beat you again. Like, that is true. People don't like two-time losers. Yeah. No, yeah. Who wants a loser? He's a loser. So I think it's possible that we can win and Trump has a lot of legal issues, but there are obstacles like the economy and stuff like that. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, there's always obstacles. I understand it's been a tough year for a lot of people. It's been a tough year since probably like 2020, really. Ever since 2020, we've just sort of been dealing with a lot of things. First it was COVID and then it was inflation. and Now these wars, I mean, the war in Israel, I know like it's really upsetting a lot of people and what's been going on. And that's kind of... You know, they're very a lot of people are very upset about Biden and the way he's handling it, he, what he's say, saying. They say he's pro too pro Israel or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and um, a lot more progressive. I, and I know it's like I know the defense votes don't bring the people to the table, right? Yes. But Arizona's doing their job, right? We're going to put abortion on the on the ballot, which will so be, that will help close the enthusiasm gap. I think so. That'll make bring people to bring people here, and those people that are voting for abortion. Mm-hmm. Should know that Trump is is responsible for, for kicking off Roe. Exactly, all the justices he appointed in McConnell, he, he's solely responsible for it. Yeah, I mean, do we? You know, here's the thing: like the presidency, it's like these people aren't our best friends. We're just trying to like live a better life, and I know that we will have a way better life under Biden. Yes, and not Trump, of course. Of course, yes. Yep, both on policy and also on issues of, I don't know, making sure that we don't have a authoritarian government like Hungary, for instance. Yes, right. Um, he's done enough damage for one presidency. We don't need him back, okay? He's, yes. he's done. We saw it. We saw it. We, tra- we saw his attempted coup. We're all learning more and more about that, and uh, that's enough. We're good. And porn store hush. Porn star hush money payments and all sorts of other things like that. Classified documents in a bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Classified documents where you go poo-poo. And there's still a missing document, right? Yeah. There's some, there, I saw something not too long ago, some Russian document that's missing. Exactly. So, I mean, you guys want to he, – he's a Russian spy, and let's just keep him, let's keep him at an arm's distance, you know? Yeah. Just keep him over there in Mar-a-Lago. All right. That's all I have to say. I think it's just important to tell people in 2024, things may feel chaotic, which to a certain extent they are, but not always as bad as they look. And that we just need to, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to control everything in the world. There's 8 billion people out there with all sorts of ambitions that sometimes conflict with yours. But I think the best thing to do is just to try to do your best to make our world a safer, better place within your power. And that's all I have to say. That's a great New Year's plan Vin. i really like that and um i'm gonna take that to heart yes all right happy new year happy new year okay bye